Music to my ears, the podcast that discusses generational wealth and wealth in general. Welcome your host, Stephen Lewis. So on today's episode, I have my good friend and partner for years, Michael Ellington. Michael, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I knew that we would eventually sit down and talk about some subject, and it's interesting. I've been doing this for a long time, but not nearly as long as you've been doing it, and it was around the subject of what tends to be the things that make people disappointed over time that we decided we were going to have a discussion on, and it turned around about some of the things you'd heard me present in one of my client meetings. So today's subject that we're going to cover is this, what what are the elements necessary for a successful financial journey? And there's really four that I've identified, and that's what we're going to talk about is what are those four elements that get you on a successful financial journey? Almost any journey. So so before you dive into them, I'm curious to know if you could help us understand where you came up with the the four specific. So... I had this tendency, and it's a little bit what I did when I was working on Music to My Airs, that whenever I see issues, I start to lump them up, and I try to put them in compartments. And I don't know if it's just the only way I can remember them, but it's, it's a way of compartmentalizing them so I can attack them and try to solve them. Mm-hmm. And over 18 years of working with clients and seeing them leave other firms and then come over, I was able to identify that it was really about four different answers. And I'll tell you the four elements that I saw them fall into. They either didn't have a very clear destination of where they were trying to go to. They didn't possibly have an understanding of the time horizon of the money and when it, and when they were investing it. Mm-hmm. They weren't taking the highest probability path to get where they wanted to go if they had gotten lucky and figured out the destination. Or fourth, which is probably one of the most prevalent, they didn't have a really good co-pilot to keep them from staying on the path that they had set out. So I'm going to have to dig into all of them for some clarity, but let's, let me hit the first one. What do you mean by clear destination? I, I, kind of, I kind of feel like I've got a very clear destination where I want to go. Let's say, I don't know whether it's 10 years or 15 years, I want to retire and I want to be happy. Let's make it very clear. 10 years... And I want to live the exact same lifestyle that I have today. That's pretty clear. Okay. To me. It feels clear, doesn't it? Yes. Right? You're saying, right? But that's about the same. Okay. That would be like saying, all right, Steve, meet me in New York in 10 days and let's meet and eat the same type of food that I've been eating every time I go to New York. Now, but what are the chances that you and I are going to end up at the same time at the same restaurant and meet the goals that you had hoped for? I don't. I don't know where you've eaten. I, I don't know what you've enjoyed. Interestingly enough, you know, saying we're going to meet in New York and eat a certain kind of food would work on a trip like that because we could pick a restaurant at the very last minute. I guess you're suggesting, kind of common sense, that that doesn't work that way in finance. I mean, we can pick a restaurant tonight, right? You can't really say I want to retire tomorrow morning. I guess no, and it takes a whole lot more planning. And, and I'm amazed at a lot of how little clarity there is in what that retirement vision is. And we go through a pretty deep discovery process of asking certain types of questions, maybe even questions you've never even thought to answer that just helps you take yourself through that. And by the way, you and I are talking back and forth like we have some ability to ever do this 
on our own. We we forgot to – your spouse is going to have a pretty big input on what they see right. life. For sure. So I would ask anybody listening to this right now, do you really say in your mind that I know very clearly what retirement and success and happiness looks like in the future, what I want that to look like? I would say I have my opinion, but have I sat down with my spouse and very clearly articulated that with her or discussed with her? No, right. I haven't. And I have to. And we go through the process of asking interesting questions sometimes. It's just things like, what's the one thing? I, this is an example of a question I'd ask. What's the one thing in retirement that would be the highest level of concern for you? I guess maintaining the same lifestyle. Right. See, but you see how that just takes us down a further questioning process that we have to, well, what does is, what is lifestyle look like? Because if the lifestyle you're living today and you're working... Are, is, is your company paying for your health insurance? You mean when I retire? When you retire, are they going to pay for your health insurance? Exactly, right? So we've got to clarify that. Uh, Do no. You, are you, right. are you going to live in the house that you're living in now? No. Are you going to downsize the house? Are yep. you going to spend time in a different city? Yep. Are great, you going to buy a house point. in that other city? It's a great point. Right. It's a great point. Are you going to fly or drive to get to that? Dip, right? Those are the types of things that, that we have to get clarified. And then we have to know over what time are these changes going to happen in your life? Because understanding that time frame starts to tell us how we have to think about cash flow to make these things happen. Right. And time frame is probably the easiest lesson. I start there from the beginning. If you only learn one thing about investing well, Mm -hmm. it's about understanding the time horizon of the money that you're investing. Right. I give the example oftentimes is if you think about your cash flow needs, think about it like cans of soup in your pantry. The can that's sitting right in the front better be upright, ready to be consumed tomorrow. Right. But the cans that are in the very back of the pantry, if they were to fall over or roll around, we've got plenty of time for them to fix themselves. Investing gets to be very similar. If I have a very short time frame, let's say I have three years, under no circumstances do I see where it makes sense to invest in the equity markets for a three-year time horizon. It's too unpredictable. So I don't see why somebody's investing for three years in the, in the equity markets. But if I have 10, 12, or more years, I don't understand why you wouldn't invest some of your money in the equity markets. It, it's proven out to be one of the best asset classes, along with others, right. that you can, you can access. But you have to understand that time horizon that you have. Right. right. Makes sense. And the, the other one that you mentioned, I think it was the third one, was, was uh, highest probability path. Right. What right. do you... What do you mean by that? So when I say highest probability path, it's, it's important because you have to think about, I, I'll tell you in a perfect example as I think about this. Do you use, when you get in your car, are you using technology to drive around today? Are you using Waze or Google Maps? Abs- absolutely. Unfortunately, I think I'm addicted to Waze right. for sure. And, and I think everybody's <clears throat> using something, even if it's a navigation system, right. but they're using Waze or something. So when you go to use Waze, think about what you've done. You've put in a very clear destination. Mm-hmm. Could be satellite coordinates, so you know. But you've clear destination. It's helping you identify the time horizon to get there. Right. Have you noticed that if you hit routes or something like that, it give you choices? Do you ever turn around and just pick the one that's going to take the longest and go the furthest to get where you want to go? No. Never. <laughs> Never. That's not the one you're choosing. <laughs> Never. No. Because we know intuitively that the right route is the one that's going to get there the quickest with the least amount of 
volatility and strain to get there, right? right? right. We've got to do that same thing when we're looking at getting to our financial destination. We have to have a very clear destination. We have to understand the time horizon. Then we've got to do the modeling and the work. And by the way, oftentimes I get people saying, are you worried about all the technology that's entering in to the advisory world? And I'm always like, no, I love it. The more that enters in, the technology, the trading, it just makes us better at being able to do these things. Computers are wonderful. They don't do a really good job of identifying destination. They, they, they don't they don't help you think through it well right and they do a really but they, but bad, they help you think about how to get there how to get there yeah okay right um, that and makes... and then they they <clears throat> tend to do a pretty poor job in being co-pilot and and I'll say one thing before we we go into why co-pilots are so important when I get to that highest probability path right the highest probability it's important to always remember what risk really is to any of us and this is one of those ones that I don't want anyone to forget the definition, the real definition of risk. Risk is not having the money you need when you need it. That's risk. Yep. Okay? Market volatility, price fluctuation only affects you if you can't have the money you need when you need it. So we're always focused when we're building out the path through the journey that we have the access to the money when it needs to be available. Right. But we're taking advantage sometimes of the time horizons in certain areas. And you and I had this discussion the other day. When you look at time horizon, if some if somebody were to ask me, well, how do I know whether I have my time horizons correct? I'll say, think about your investment portfolio today. And if you cannot clearly identify the money that is for your lifetime and how it's invested and the money that you're a steward of or watching after really for the people that are going to come after you, you may access it if you need it, but... It's really money that's excess. If you can't identify those two buckets and know that their asset allocations are different, then you don't have your time right. So do people normally split those up or is it one bucket and they look at the bonds for me and the stocks for somebody else? How do you? It's almost invariably when it comes to us, it's all one bucket, all being allocated one way and not being thought out as two different time horizons. Hmm. And, And it's one of the ways we can prove return almost more than anything else is getting that later time horizon right and allocating correct for that time. And that, that gets missed so often. That advice is also part of being the co-pilot. But being the co-pilot, which is my fourth, so we, we've got the destination clear, we've got a time horizon, we've got that figured out, we've got it in the right time frame for those pieces, we've got the highest probability path mathematically identified, and now we're moving along. This is all going perfectly well. Until? Nothing can go wrong. Until? We're on our own, and we make the decision to exit. And we make the decision to exit this plan that we worked really hard to identify. Why do most people decide to exit a plan? The experience that I've seen, it's because they don't have a good co-pilot that understands the elements of behavioral sciences, the things that we have learned from some of the greatest researchers out there that cause us to be bad investors. You, you've you've seen and heard about Daniel Kahneman's book, mm-hmm. Thinking Fast and Slow, and Michael Lewis's follow up on him. And you know, here's a guy, Kahneman and Tversky, that worked for years that are psychologists that in 2002 win a Nobel Prize in economics. You're thinking, okay, why are psychologists winning prizes in economics? And it's because of their research and identifying that we 
don't make the best decisions as it comes to our own finances and how we think about fear, greed, these types of things. Give you an example, one of my favorite examples. And, and I, as people are listening along on the podcast, just ask, how would I answer this? So if I give you a choice between a 100% guarantee today as you walk out, $3,000 in your hand, or a 60% chance of 5000 what do you choose? Three. Right. Guarantee three. Now, Take it. Now, let me ask change you. Change the numbers a little bit. No, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Clear your mind for a moment, and I'm going to turn it upside down. If I said, Michael, you have a 100% guaranteed loss of $3,000 or a 60% chance of losing 5000 which one would you rather have? Wow. Yeah. Do you, most people will lend toward, I'll take a 60% chance yeah, of a $5,000 loss, right? Why? Because it's 40% chance. 40% chance right. I lose nothing. Right. That's how risk adverse we are. Right. We want a shot of not losing, but we'll take a guaranteed win. Right. That's, that, that's interesting. That we know is what they learned that helped them win the Nobel Prize. They know that makes us bad investors. Mm-hmm. Because, by the way, if you take a 60% probability of 5,000, it's 3,000. It's an equal scenario, right? Yep. But we don't operate like that. So you need co-pilot that can sit with you, that can say, as these challenges come up, as you are getting information to make a decision – and you may be getting information from something that you saw on television that came from one source that in all right makes you feel like it is time to run for the hills or it is time to go all in. You need somebody that says, let me shed light on more information, maybe on the opposite side so we can make the best decision. Makes sense. And by the way, I said shed light. If you ever wonder where fear comes from, fear always comes from lack of something. And it's usually a lack of information. Right. That's why. Yeah. Right. If you're a child and you're in a room and it's all dark, you're scared because you can't see. You you lack the information. The best way to deal with fear, anytime you're in a fearful situation, get information. It sheds light. It helps you make a better decision. That's part of the rule. And if all the information you're getting is negative, 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 because the world seems to be biased that way, it would be nice to have... Here's the other side. Yeah. Just to help you make a better decision. Absolutely. Right. Right. But it really is those four things. As you look up, no matter who you're working with or how you're thinking through your financial future, ask yourself, do I feel like my destination's clear? And is it a destination that's a clear destination for both me and my spouse? Do I really understand the time horizon? And have I been able to delineate between the time horizon of the money I'm going to use in my lifetime and the money that I'm watching after likely to go to people I care about? or organizations that I care about? Have I put myself on the path with the highest probability of meeting that goal? And do I have somebody by me that I trust understands the behavioral sciences that will help provide information for me so that I don't exit this path at the wrong time? Right. I I strongly believe you can do those four things. You're going to be very happy as you look up 5, 10, 20 years down the road. So if I think about tonight and I sum all this up, it seems to me like I need to know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I need to know how long it's going to take me to get there, where I'm going to drive, and who's driving. Right. You need if somebody, I get all that stuff and I've got tonight figured out. You're going to get home fine. Do you want somebody to ride home with you? 
<laughs> Probably need someone right home with me. All right. Hey, thanks for thanks for being here. And if you have any questions, send us an email, and we'll be happy to answer. This has been music to my ears. For more information on this podcast or to ask a question, just email us at stephen.lewis at bernstein.com. Bernstein.